Glory to God. Well, open your Bibles, if you would, please, today to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Hallelujah. Praise God. So I'm going to endeavor to kind of tie off a bow on what we've been ministering on the last couple of Sundays on the blessing. With the blessing that makes rich. Hallelujah. Sounds, uh, still still uh, sounds foreign to hear a word like that to be heard in church. But it's a Bible word. And it just simply means a full supply. Right? A full supply. We ought to be able to think our God is big enough and good enough and loving enough and kind enough to want His children to have more than enough. Amen? Amen. How many of you are parents? Many of your parents, how many of you, you want for your children, you want them to have more than enough, Amen. more than enough. Come on. Amen. How many of you, you would rather them have more than enough than you have more than enough? Yeah, come on. Well, are we better than God? Are we kinder than God, more generous than God, more loving than God, more faithful than God? Of course not. Amen. And uh, so, but uh, in meditating and uh, checking my heart, uh, I wanted to, uh, to minister this to you today because I don't want to just preach that there is something available and not talk at all about how do I work this thing? How do I make the blessing of God work in my life? Now, I don't have time to go back and preach all that I've preached the last two. That would take a couple of hours. Amen. And we even just, just scratching the surface on that. But, uh, praise God, uh, Father, we thank you today for your plan and your purpose for all humanity. But God, as members of the body of Christ, members of the church, we are kings and priests in your sight. We are born again. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. And there is a manner in which we are to live. There is a way in which we are to live. And there is a purpose that you have given to us to fulfill. And we cannot fill it apart from your ways and from your power and from your ability. So as I've already prayed, I prayed in their hearing again today, Father, that I'm praying that you will help me to articulate, to teach and to minister, to put handles on this truth so that every single one of us can easily grab hold of it and begin to apply it in our life every single day. God, I thank you for this. I thank you I've got the people with me today. They're believing, they're attentive, their hearts are open, their minds are alert, they're not distracted. And Father, you're going to have your way in these moments right now, in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for that. Amen. Amen. You know, for many people, some thankfully get born again when they're very young. I did not begin to live for God until my late, late teens, 19 then 20. Um, and so, you know, many of us, we've learned, and even if we've been born again for a long time, many of us have lived just very natural lives. And we've been trained, society has trained us this way. Um, our own mindsets from generation to generation have trained us this way. That we, there's a way that we live, a way that we get things done, and that's just what we know, and that's just what we do. And Thank God for whatever good has been able to come, whatever fruit we've been able to bear. But you know, when you and I got born again, we are called to live on a higher plane. We are no longer called to just live and lean on the natural. 
We are not. You and I will never accomplish our God-given purposes leaning on the flesh alone. Amen? We need God's super to come on our natural. Amen? You know, if you let God's super show up in your natural, people around you are going to have to go, oh, wait a minute, something different about you. Well, what's different about you? At every office, every workplace here in our region, God wants there to be multiple believers there and living different. Amen? You know, ministry is not just to happen within the four walls of a church. Do you know the God of Sunday is also the God of Monday? And it's not, it's not enough for us to shout about the power of God on Sunday and then live like God does not exist on Monday. The God we preach on Sunday is with you and in you on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. Amen. Glory to God. And if there was ever a time if there was ever a moment in our nation where there are millions of people that need to see something different, yes. it is our job to let our light so shine among men yes. that people can see Jesus in us. Yes. Not just Jesus in character, oh yes, but Jesus in power also. Amen? Amen. Amen. And uh, so I'm, I'm about to launch out into a teaching. Amen. Uh, some of you, you've heard it, some of it before, but it, you know, it always comes out different. Some of you, you've never heard this before, but if you don't believe in the power of God, if you don't believe in the supernatural, then the blessing of God's not going to work for you because the blessing is all about what God can do and what God does for us and what God does through us. And so you are relegating yourself to a life where you legally have a right to his blessing, but you never experience it because you don't believe in miracles. God is a God of miracles. What is a miracle? A miracle is a divine intervention in the, in the natural order of how things work. Amen. It upends natural laws. So when Jesus turned water into wine, he, he totally bypassed the growing season, the grape growing season, the harvest season, and then having to get the grapes, then having to crush the grapes and get the juice and put it in a thing and let it ferment. He, he bypassed all of that. Between the time uh, that the servant dipped the cup in water to the time he got to the governor of the feast, God made wine out of water. Well, I don't believe that. Then you don't believe your, you don't believe your Bible. Jesus had servants fill six water pots of water holding approximately 30 gallons apiece. And he said, simply dip in the cup and take it to the governor of the feast. How would you like to have been that servant? <laughs> okay, what, what do I do? Take it to the head guy at the party. Oh, are you sure? If this is white wine, it's really white. More than likely it would have been red. 
And so, oh, are you sure? Okay. And it, it, it's still water, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, it's still water. Just, just, just go. Just do what I tell you. And so somewhere, sometime between him getting to the governor and the governor getting it and drinking it, the blessing of God, the power of God touched that water and made it wine. Why would you want to serve a God who couldn't do something like that? We have a God who can do something like that. And notice Miracle power was employed so that Mother Mary would not be embarrassed. He, he tried to get out of doing this miracle. He said, my time's not come, woman. And Mama, Mother Mary, he just ignored, ignored him, turned and said do what, to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Amen. So to save the family embarrassment, to save Mary, she had to have some sort of responsibility with that wedding feast. Why would she care if you're just simply a guest at someone's party and they run out of 7-Up? You're not going to freak out. You're not going to, right? What's it to you? That's their problem. Amen? And so God worked a miracle so that Mother Mary would not be embarrassed. God is more willing to manifest himself on our behalf than we ever thought possible. Amen? Now you're in Genesis chapter 1. Stay parked there. I'm going to quote Romans 1.17 to you. Romans 1.17 says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. For the just shall live by faith. So when we got born again and we became a child of God, God called us to a different way of living. So before you got saved, you lived by what you could see. You lived by what you could do. You lived according to what you could figure out. You lived by your muscle, your sweat, your intellect, your networking ability, teaming up, doing, you leaned on the natural. You had no other realm to lean on. But when you come into the kingdom... I said, when you come into the kingdom, you are called to let go of all of those limitations and now learn to live not by what you see. You know, I know Jesus is alive. I know he is. I know he is. I have a relationship. I've never seen him. I, I know there's a book with my name in it. I, you, you could never tell. How do you know? I know it. I know it. I know it by faith. Amen. Glory to God. I know heaven's a real place. I'm heading there. Are you heading there? Could I talk you out of it? No, come on. Because you, you know it by faith. You can't see. You can't feel. Amen. But we do have evidence. Amen. We do have. Our faith is not blind faith. Amen. Like if I say I'm going to do something and Rex counts on that, his faith's not blind. He is counting on my word. Amen. Well, we have God's word. We have God's word on a great many things. Amen. And more and more. Listen, as we go through this day and age, that which we have leaned on in the natural is becoming less and less stable, less and less reliable. What the Bible calls this whole natural system, 
the Babylonian system, it's all crumbling and coming down. That should not bother us one iota because we've not building, been building our life counting on health insurance. I'm not, count, I'm not building my life counting on a 401k. I'm not building my life leaning on the natural. I might have some things like a savings account. I might make investments. That's fine and that's wise to do. But where's my trust? Where's my confidence? Where am I leaning on? It's in God and in his word. Amen. And God has wonderful things in store for you. He has wonderful things in mind for you. And if you'll let this message in, if you just won't count it some wild sermon from some wild preacher, amen. But if you'll believe it and begin to make a demand on it and act on it, life is going to be different than it has been for you and I. Amen. Glory to God. So in Genesis chapter 1, I want to read verse uh, uh, 26 down through 28. And let's see God's original plan and purpose for making man. God's original plan and purpose in making human beings. It says, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Not 64 other gender combinations. Male and female created he them. Now look at this in verse 28. Mark this if you've got something to mark your Bible with. And God blessed them. We've been teaching on the blessing. God blessed them. And God said unto them, mark these words, be fruitful and multiply. Replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the, uh, over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So God, we see here God making man. He made Adam. He made Eve. We've all, we're all descendants from, the, from them. And God made them in his own image. He made them after his own likeness. And he made them for a purpose. Right? He put them on a big, beautiful rock named earth. And he, he one little patch on the earth called Eden, God fashioned that and put them in it. And God's original plan for humanity was to, our assignment from God through our first parents was to turn heaven into, excuse me, to turn earth into a copy of heaven. To make all the earth look like Eden. And to accomplish that, God gave man two things. Are you with me? Before we go over those, Let's be mindful what God's commandments were on man. And his purpose for us has not changed. Number one, he said, be fruitful. Now, what does that mean? The word to be fruitful. If you look it up and study it, it means to be productive. So God did not call human beings to sit on a beach all their life and be idle. To swing in a hammock. That's why when people retire, 
if they don't give themselves to meaningful work, they die. The average lifespan of an American male after retirement who doesn't give himself to meaningful something is two years. He'll be dead. God, was, God made man to work, not to toil, but to be fruitful, to produce. Are you with me? The next thing he said was multiply. So he said, okay, man, I want you to produce. And then what you produce, I want you to multiply. To multiply means to increase it. Scale it. So, you know, what was it, 2004, 2005, 6, 7, the first iPhone came out. And so not only did they make a lot of them, multiplying it that way, you get the iPhone 4 and then you get the iPhone 5 and you get iPhone 6, 7, 8. And it, with every time, they're improving it. They are multiplying it. They are increasing it. This is what God said for us to do. Amen. To produce, to be productive, then to multiply it, scale it. Amen. And then he said what? He said, replenish, replenish the earth. So in other words, when food is eaten, it must be replenished. Amen. When goods and services are consumed, they must. Aren't you glad somebody is restocking the shelves at your Walgreens? Amen. Because what has been Fruitful and multiplied must be resupplied. I may stretch your thinking a little bit, not some little run-of-the-mill Sunday school sermon, but we're looking at God's plan and purpose. Amen. We are to be fruitful. We are to be multiplying things and resupplying things. And then what did he say? He said, subdue it. Subdue the earth. In other words, God is letting them know up front there are going to be forces that will want to rise up against the divine order of things on the earth and you are to put that down. You are to put that down. Or as Dr. Bill Winston says, I like it, the word subdue means to control the market. To control it. Now this is God's plan and purpose for man. To be fruitful. And, And so whatever your station, whatever your calling Amen. Whatever it is God's got for your life. Amen. It involves all. You will not be successful if you're not about, if you're not fruitful, if you're not producing, if you're not productive, if you're not increasing, if you're not resupplying, if you're not subduing, you're living outside your God ordained purpose. Are you with me? Everybody with me so far? Amen. Now, God gave his man two things that would enable him to fulfill his purpose of being fruitful, multiplying, resupplying, and controlling the market. Amen. Controlling forces that would oppose. He gave them, and we read, it says he blessed them. Did you get that? He blessed them and said unto them, have dominion. So in the blessing, God gave them the ability to do it. And in dominion, he gave them the right to do it. Are you with me? 
We should not, and I know many have because this teaching out there is so sparse. Why would a loving God, how did the earth get the way it is? Why is God doing and allowing all this stuff? Listen, we made this rock what it is. Hello? Y'all could do better helping me this morning. Amen. God gave the earth to man. He gave it to us to steward. We turned it over to the devil in Genesis chapter 3 in the fall. But God's plan and God's purpose for humanity has not changed. It will never change. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. That's why even you get up to Jesus's life and the disciples ask him how to pray. And he gives them the Lord's prayer. Right. And he says in there, let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's thousands of years from Adam's day. God's plan and God's purpose has never changed. Amen. Now man lost the two things that God gave him to fulfill his purpose. He lost the blessing and he lost his dominion when he committed high treason and committed sin by disobeying God and eating of that forbidden fruit. He, in doing so, subjected all of humanity to the authority and dominion of Satan, the devil. And Satan became the God, little g, of this world. God doesn't have anything to do with the tornado that uh, took your house down. God doesn't have anything to do with the abuses and the injustices and the wars and the hatred and the tragedies and the racism and the crime and the evil. Man has done that and the devil has done that. But aren't you glad God instituted a plan of redemption? God knew that man was going to forfeit this blessing and forfeit his dominion, but God, before it ever happened, had a, had a plan in place. Amen. Whereby uh, he would restore that blessing. Amen. Now go with me to Genesis chapter 12. In Genesis chapter 12, you're, you're several thousand years, a couple thousand years into human history. And God wants to begin to really ramp up and institute and begin to implement His plan of redemption. The word redemption means to buy back and to buy out of. To buy back and buy out of. That's what getting saved is. Every unsaved person out there, whether they know it or not, are living under the dominion of the devil. Amen. Man is a neutral spirit. And we're meant to have an overlord. And your overlord is either God Almighty... Or Satan himself. Amen. And that's why in Christ we get delivered out of the dominion of Satan. And we are brought over into the kingdom of the son of his love. Amen. So God identifies a man named Abram. You remember him? And he strikes up a deal with Abram. And I want you to see how it involves the blessing. Amen. In Genesis chapter 1, and I'd like to have the Amplified, not the Amplified Classic, but if you could find me the, the newfound Amplified uh, version, I want to quote from that in a minute. 
And so it says, Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house into a land that I will show thee. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will... Come on. I will bless you. I will bless you. Amen. And I will make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse him who curses thee. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So I'm going to talk a minute for, about what the blessing is, and then I want to hopefully have that scripture up on the board. What is the blessing? You know, God said to man, we shall bless them. Well, if you look up the word and you study that word, this is what it means. It means to speak words invoking divine favor. And that the one who is blessed will have favorable circumstances in the future. Another Hebrew dictionary said the word to bless means to impart life-sustaining Power. Glory to God. So the blessing is a divine empowerment from God upon man that bestows his favor on that man, enabling him to have favorable circumstances. This blessing is supposed to affect your life. Affect your circumstances. How did God invoke this blessing? He did it by saying it. He blessed them by saying it. To bless means to invoke this power on someone. In this case, God to man by saying it. And it is an impartation, a divine impartation of it's a force, it's a power, it's an anointing, it's a grace, it's an ability from God, amen, that gives you life-sustaining power. Now, Abraham came into a covenant with God with this blessing. And everywhere he went from then, he won. He won in every arena of life. No one, no, no little uh, band of raiders could steal from him. When they did try to steal from him, he armed his 300 servants, took butt, kicked, na- kicked butt, took names. <laughs> Sorry. Amen. Easy for me to say. And got richer because of it. His finances were affected. His body that could not have children before now could. Amen. So spiritually, Physically, financially, in terms of sickness, disease, protection, the man lived 175 years in total victory in every area. Why? Because he's really smart? No, because there's something on his life from God. A power, a power. It took power to heal his body and Sarah's body. Amen? Glory to God. You don't go fight, fight five kings with a household army. 
against five kings all at once with trained soldiers. That's all they do 24 hours a day is train to fight and win and take their stuff. And then when one king came back, listen, listen, you won, we lost, and you can keep all the spoil, but could we have our people back? <laughs> Abraham says, uh, you can have your people back and you can have your stuff back too. Because I'm not going to have you leave here and say that you made Abraham rich. He wanted everybody to know it was God. Amen. Amen. Do you have this verse available? No. Anybody have a regular amplified on their phone or their tablet? Yeah. So listen to this from the amplified. It says, um, go your way from your country and from your relatives, from your father's house to land I will show you and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you abundantly and make your name great, exalted, and distinguished. You shall be a blessing, a source of great good to others. You leave here, this blessing is on your life and it's supposed to be enabling you to be a source of great good to other people. Amen. Amen. By the way, this message is titled Faith in the Blessing. Amen. you got to have faith. If you want this to work, you got to have faith in it. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You shall be a source of great good to others, and I will bless, I will do good for, and benefit those who bless you. Now listen to this. And I will curse, that is, I will subject to my wrath and judgment the one who curses you. The one who despises you, dishonors you, and has contempt for you shall be subject to God's wrath. You don't hear that preached very much. But if I were you, I'd leave me alone. (laughs) So like my spiritual father, you say, you come against me, your elevator don't go all the way to the top. People that come against you, People that despise you. I mean, I, I, we, have, we have, like Brother Jerry over there, he and Kayla, they're applying this into their life. And they had someone try to drag them into court to get something from them. They left court and that person had to pay them. They weren't looking to take anybody to court, but they got drug into court. Amen. And they don't realize this is not just about the law. Amen. But I have this blessing from God on my life. And you cannot hurt me. Listen, God has put something, something on your life. And anyone who despises you, anyone who dishonors you, anyone who shows contempt for you is subject to God's wrath. Watch out. Watch out. Amen. See, when you realize and get revelation about the blessing, it'll straighten your spine. We don't get arrogant about this stuff. We walk humbly before our God. We're supposed to be a source of great good to others. But if someone is unintelligent enough to attack me, to attack my family, to try to dishonor me, amen, to disparage me or this church, watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out. Listen, someone at work, they can try to fire you, lie on you cancel you, speak all manner of things against you falsely. What did Jesus say in the great sermon on the Mount? He said, blessed are you. 
Come on, it's, it'll take on a whole new meaning. Blessed are you when men revile you, when they speak all manner of things against you falsely. We use the word bless, so, you know, you sneeze and go, bless you. You know, it, to us it means nothing. Just well wishes, you know, some nice thing to say. But in the mind of God, He said, blessed. Blessed are you when they lie about you. Blessed are you. Listen, there's a power that's going to kick in. You don't have to fight. You don't have to defend yourself. That blessing knows what to do. I said that blessing knows what to do. How do the birds know how this time of year to start flying south? They know what to do. How does a spider know how to weave a web? It knows what to do. How does that little baby turtle come out of an egg, amen, breathe its first breath and not walk up the land but into the ocean? Because it knows what to do. How does it know what to do? It's been programmed. It has been programmed by God to know what to do. You know what? The blessing of God, it knows what to do. That, it knows what to do. It knows how to get you your money. It knows how to get you uh, your health. It knows how to get you uh, free from your enemies. It, it knows what to do. I said, I said it knows what to do. You don't have to figure it out. But what you do have, what do I have to do? That's what this whole sermon's about. You've got to believe in the blessing. And you've got, how is the blessing invoked? God showed us. He did that by saying. Now, when Abraham was old, he, it was time to impart that blessing to Isaac. Right? Well, Isaac stole it. No, that was Jacob, and that was a different deal. But anyway, remember Isaac. And so... Uh, how did Abraham invoke the blessing on his son? He did so by saying. Amen. Do we have the regular APC? Is that available? Can we, can we put up uh, Isaiah 65 and verse 16? Isaiah 65 and verse 16. Are y'all bored? No. Glory to God. I'm blessed. <laughs> I am blessed. I'm a blessing going somewhere to happen. Amen. You want to hang around me, good things are going to happen. Yes. Glory to God. And I'm going to be a blessing. How about you? Yes. I'm going to be a blessing. God made me to be a blessing. Yes. Glory to God. So look at this. Isaiah 65, verse 16 in the Amplified Classic. So it shall be that he who invokes a blessing on himself. Can you invoke a blessing on yourself? You can. It's in the Bible. You can. You can invoke a blessing on yourself. How do you do it? He who invokes a blessing on himself in the land shall do so by saying. You mean all I got to do is say it? Yeah, honey. I mean, that's not all, all, all you got to do, but that's where it begins. When Jesus, he didn't want to send the multitude away. They'd been with him three days. They've had nothing to eat. And he said, I, I got to get these people something to eat. And the disciples said, well, we have here a few loaves. Mm -hmm. We have here a few loaves and two small fishes. Mm -hmm. Jesus did not look at that and go, well, what is that? He didn't do that, did he? No. But he took those loaves. And you remember what it said? Do you remember what it said? Yeah. It said he held up those loaves to God. And it says, and he blessed them. Yeah. Now, are you getting some inkling? He didn't just say nice things about the bread. He invoked 
a power on the bread. He invoked a blessing on the bread. The blessing is what enables something to be fruitful and to multiply and to replenish. So he held it up before God and he gave thanks for it and he blessed it. He took the fish and he did the same thing and he thanked God for it and he blessed it. And then he handed it to the disciples and Rex, they started giving it and they started giving it and they fed thousands and thousands of people as much as they wanted. What was not enough with the blessing on it became more than enough. Well, I don't know in 2023 how that's going to help me. You've got to believe in miracles. I said, you've got to believe in miracles. Amen. Like this. Well, if, if God forbid you didn't have enough money and your tank's on E, what if the blessing got on your gas tank? What if, what if the blessing touched your gas tank? Instead of griping and moaning and whining and complaining and saying all that tithe stuff don't work, why don't you do what Jesus did with this little crust of bread? So, Father, I thank you for this car and I thank you for this gas tank and in the name of Jesus, I bless it and I go to bed. And you come up the next morning and the thing's on full. Well, I don't know about all that. You need to learn about all that. You need to stir yourself towards that. We are living in a day of miracles, signs, and wonders. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. Praise God. He fed a multitude. But it says he blessed it. Amen. So this blessing is a divine empowerment. Amen. And God put it on Abraham's life. Now go with me to Galatians chapter 3. No, yes, Galatians chapter 3. Into the New Testament. I want you to see. I've quoted it the last two services. But I want you to see with your own eyes in your Bible that you have a right to this blessing. You have a right to this blessing. Praise Him. While you're finding that, I'm going to... I'm gonna, Help myself. I'm blessed. I am so blessed. Everything I touch is blessed. Glory to God. I'm empowered to prosper in every area. My body's blessed. My marriage is blessed. My kids are blessed. Amen. Everyone associated with me is blessed. (laughs) Glory. My checkbook's blessed. I don't know what y'all are doing, but I'm invoking a blessing on myself by saying... Look at verse number seven. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Well, are you children of faith? I am. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen, the Gentile nations through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham saying, in you all nations shall be blessed, empowered to prosper. Look at verse 9. So then they which be of faith are blessed. They which be of faith are blessed. Now, if you're bored, you get snowed in this winter. You know, it's the days you, you miss work. You ought to just trace the word blessed through the Bible. Just trace that word blessed through the Bible. You'd be amazed, I think, what you'd find. Amen. That blessing showing up. 
They which are of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Skip down to verse 13. Christ has redeemed us. He's not going to. He has. He's redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Why did he do it? It's the next verse says that, or I like to say so that. So that what? The blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. That is why he did it. I said that is why he did it. Glory to God. So that you and I and the whole church and all who would believe would come back up under the canopy of the blessing of God that Adam lost. Praise God. Amen. Look at the last verse in this chapter. In verse 29 it says, and if you be Christ, stop, is that you? If you're not in Christ, you can be, you can be. All you got to do is accept Jesus. That's all you got to do. And if you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Everyone say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm empowered to prosper in every area. I have God's blessing. His empowerment on me to be fruitful, to multiply, to resupply, and to subdue the enemy. I mean, come on, church. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Come on. Do you believe it? Hallelujah. So I want to close today by talking about how do I get this blessing to work in my life? Number one, by faith. How do we live? We live by faith. You have to believe you're blessed. I believe I'm blessed. I believe it more every day. The more light I get, the more revelation I get. I I believe it. I have something on me from God that's going to enable me to be fruitful in what I'm called to do. You have a divine enablement on you. Amen. To succeed in what you're called to do. And we need you out there at work in the marketplace with the blessing of God on your life. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So how does faith work? Well, the more you hear about the blessing, the more faith you're going to have in it. That's why I'm taking time to preach it to you. Amen. But then you're going to release the blessing. You're going to turn that blessing loose by saying it. By saying it. Are you with me? The more you say it, the more it'll work for you. And remember, it knows what to do. I I said, let let me tell you a story I heard from Dr. Bill Winston. God sent him and his wife to one of the worst neighborhoods in Chicago to start a church. Totally by faith, with just $200 in their pocket, they opened up a storefront church on the south side of Chicago. They were there one day uh, in the middle of the week, uh, just doing whatever they were doing. And a lady comes in off the, off the street and says, who's the pastor here? And he said, well, I am. And uh, she said, well, I see you opened up this church here. What are you going to do about all the drug dealers on my street? And he didn't say, that's not my problem. I'm just doing my little best here to be a pastor. Why are you putting that on me? He said, come in here. He said, come in here. He said, get down here and pray with my wife and I. 
I've got to hear from headquarters. And so they prayed. You know, God sent them there to, to succeed, to change things. Right? Not to leave things the same. Not to be this little dim light in a dark place. And they prayed and they prayed. And I don't know how long they prayed. And this is the word he said he heard from God. Tell that woman to take the church's jar of oil and pour it down the middle of the street outside her house. We're not going to do picket. We're not going to petition the police department. What did God say? Take the church's jar of oil and tell her to pour it out in the middle of the street in front of her house. And so he goes, this is what the Lord told me, sister. And she goes, I believe it and took it. (laughs) And she went out with the drug dealers on the street corner. And in the middle of the street, she poured out that oil on the street and went to bed. And when she got up, all the drug dealers were gone. They were gone. They never did come back. That does not make sense. But operating with God, walking with God doesn't make sense. It is a walk of faith. If you've never done it, for you to stand over a stack of unpaid bills, and that's all you know is a flow of unpaid bills and financial struggle, for you to stand over and say, I call you blessed, I call you paid, and then now what, Father? It's not going to make a lot of sense to your mind. Amen. But you don't understand what it does in the spirit. I wish y'all would give me just a few more minutes. Hallelujah. Go with me. Let's look at just a couple of accounts of how this blessing worked in real life. Go to uh, Genesis 26. Genesis 26. Uh, this, is, uh, this is like my favorite. So Isaac now has this blessing on him. Dad's gone. And now it's up to Isaac. And uh, there's a famine in the land. Isaiah 26, verse 1. And there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar, and the Lord appeared unto him and said, Do not go down into Egypt. Dwell in the land that I will tell you. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with you, and I will, I will, come on, say it louder. I will bless you. you. Amen. And so it says in verse 12, Isaac sowed in that land, a land with no rain. I said a land with no water. He sowed seed in the sand. That does not make sense. None of the other farmers were doing it. They're going and buying grain from other places. But Isaac did what God told him to do. Isaac did what God told him to do. I'm I'm trying to close here teaching you, how do I make this blessing work? You got to have faith in it. And then you got to do what he tells you to do, honey. And it's not going to make sense to your mind. But if you will do what God says to do, did it make sense for Jesus to say, take this cup of water to the governor of the feast? I would have said, are you going to make it wine first? He's expecting wine, Jesus. This is water. Amen. 
But look at this. He did what he said. And look at what it says here. And he received in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. And the man began to prosper. If you have a new King James, that's my favorite. The man began to prosper. And he kept on prospering until he became very prosperous. It was not because he had some scientific breakthrough about how to get seed to grow in sand with no water. It was something from God that came down. Amen. And it doesn't matter that we're living in little old Paducah. It doesn't matter here that we're just good old country folks. The blessing knows what to do. Amen. And if we'll hear from God, new businesses and new services and new inventions and new industries can be birthed and create jobs and change the economy and change your church and your life and your future because the blessing knows what to do. I said the blessing knows what to do. Glory to God. He had possession of flocks and possession of herds and great. Why is God wasting Bible real estate on this? He's not wasting. Amen. Herds, great stores of elephants, uh, elephants, servants, and the Philistines. Come on, the Philistines envied him. What did this? The blessing did. Go with me. I'm going to hurry. Second Kings. Second Kings chapter 4. What could the blessing do in your life? I said, what could the blessing do in your life? Jesus didn't curse what he had. He blessed it. Many of us are talking negative about our lives, negative about our situations. We speak words of, where am I even going? Second Kings. Where is it? First Kings, second Kings chapter four. Amen. Verse 1, now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that my servant, your servant, did fear the Lord. There's a, there's a, there's a word. And the creditor came to take him, unto him my two sons to be bombed. And it was, you didn't just have bad credit back then. They took your children to pay off the debt. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what? Hast thou in thine house? What hast thou in thy house? Do you think he cared what she was going to say next? He, he, he didn't care. I, if, if she said, I, your servant has nothing but a bag of Legos. I mean, it, that would Lego would have been born, right? The Lego company would have been ahead of its time. It did not matter what the woman said. But what did the woman say? Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Then he said, go borrow, borrow vessels, borrow not a few. And when you are come in, shut the door on you and upon your sons and you shall pour into all those vessels and you shall set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her. And she poured, who? She poured out. She got a house full of vessels. And she shut the door. She wants her boys there. She's passing on a lineage of faith. Stick around, boys. We're going to watch. You're going to see a miracle here. And she started pouring the oil. 
pouring the oil, filled that vessel, and went on to the next vessel. And she filled every vessel. Listen, I want to ask you something. Where did the oil come from? Where, where, where did it come from? Is it some sort of scientific breakthrough? It did not come from the jar. It came through the jar. From the spirit realm, through the jar, into her cruise of oil. God has got an invisible, inexhaustible supply to fund your life. And she poured, and, and she poured how long? Until her capacity to receive it was tapped out. Jesus toiled, or Peter toiled all night. He did what he could in the flesh, leaning on his job. Listen, you get the blessing going, single mamas, you don't have to work three jobs. Amen. Get the blessing going on your life. Do it God's way. Have some faith about you. Hear from headquarters. Do what he says. Amen. And, and uh, Jesus, Peter had sowed a little seed, let Jesus use his boat. And he says, now you go out and, and dip down your net for a catch. He said, oh, Jesus, man, we, we worked hard all night. There's no fish out there. We caught nothing all night. He said, but at your word, I'll cast out one net. And he did. And the net was so full of fish, it's stretching, it's breaking, it's breaking the net, it's sinking the boat. Listen, let me ask you something. Where did the fish come from? It did not come from the lake. It came through the lake. From God's invisible, inexhaustible supply. So you got to believe in miracles. God's going to do a miracle and pay this building off. God is going to do a miracle. I mean, unless one of y'all has $985,000 you can spare. God is going to do a miracle. God is going to do a miracle. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's going to do it. He's going to do it because this place is blessed. Amen. I'll give you one more account. We won't even go there. But if you were to study Genesis chapter 30, you get to Jacob. And Jacob has worked for 14 years for two women. One of the women he didn't even want. <laughs> but Laban tricked him and gave him the one he didn't want first. Right? So he had to work another seven years for the girl he really wanted. Then he stayed on working for Laban, overseeing all of his ranch operation for many years. And do you know as long as Jacob stayed working for a sinful man, he never prospered? As long as Jacob relied on his paycheck, there was no evidence of the blessing showing up in his life. That, you, you need to get that. He had the blessing on him, but it never worked. It never worked while he was trusting and working for a man, while he was leaning on his paycheck. I'm not saying quit your job. Don't, please don't do that. But I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But the day came where the Lord dealt with him. It's time for you to get your stuff and go home. And uh, so Laban says, no, please stay. Please stay. Don't leave. Listen to why he said it. 
Because I have learned over many years that the Lord, your God, has blessed, blessed, blessed me for thy sake. Laban knew he was prospering because he was in association with the man that had the blessing on his life. He knew he didn't have it. He knew Jacob did. And Jacob said, this is the first time that Jacob decides by faith, I'm going to make a demand on the blessing. I'm not going to try to make this happen on my own. God is going to do something for me. And so he said, I don't want anything from you, father-in-law, as an inheritance. Here's what I want you to do. I'm going to keep ranching for you for a while. But I want you to let me have the offspring from the spotted and the striped goats and cows. Now, genetically speaking, spotted cows and goats and striped cows and goats are the recessive gene. In other words, it's very rare. It's a lot more common to have solid brown cow, solid black cow and goat than a spotted or a striped one. Are you following me? Or do we need to go back to biology? Okay. And so he says, here's what I want you to do. I'll keep ranching for you for a season. All of the spotted and striped, what would you call them? Offspring that are born from this day forward shall be mine. But all the solid cows and goats shall be yours. Laban goes, great deal. Great deal. Because he knows naturally speaking, genetically speaking, he's going to win that deal. And Jacob, so this is Jacob not knowing something about genetics. He's got faith in the blessing. He is expecting God to alter chromosomes, to do stuff on a genetic level. He probably did not know the word genetics. Amen. He was expecting God to bless him when it is extremely not favorable. Did not look likely. And so he goes out and starts ranching. And this is interesting what it is. It gets real confusing. You know, he, he, he starts stripping bark and getting these, this, uh, you know, uh, strakes of stuff and this, these plants. And he makes them spotted. Or he makes them striped. And when the strong goats and cattle came to the trough and, and made it and all that, he held the spotted. He made them eat and mate in front of the striped sign that he made. They're looking at spots. So it's a solid cow that's really strong, but he's like, when you eat, I want you to see these. And people have, in the, there's Bible commentary trying to figure out how that made, how that affected the birthing process. It didn't have anything to do with it. But you know how this thing goes, right? These, all these animals start being born that are spotted and striped. And before long, and the ones that are spotted and striped are born of the strongest of the animals. The solid ones are born of the weakest of the animals. And so Laban ends up with a small, tiny, weak flock. While Jacob ends up with this massive strong herd and it says that the Lord blessed him 
And the man was very wealthy and he had many maidservants and hired servants. It was the Lord's. None of that happened while he's leaning on his paycheck. It was when he decided to put faith in God's blessing that it showed up. All the time that you've been born again, Abraham's blessing has been yours. But the body of Christ doesn't know it like they should. And those that do know it have not applied, they've not believed like they should. Amen? Start believing. Start making a demand. In your prayer time, you need to hear from headquarters. Amen? About anything he would want you to do. Anything he would want you to say. Whatever it is that he would want you to do, just do it. Just do it. And God God will perform miracles, signs, and wonders for us. You'll get jobs you couldn't have got, don't deserve. You'll have bills paid. You don't know, you, they'll be paid and you don't know how they got paid. Amen. Amen? If they drag you into court, you'll win. I'm assuming you're living right. But you'll win. And what they tried to do to you will get turned back on them. Amen. Are you with me? Are you glad you came? You feel like you got anything? I got a lot of different subjects I want to preach on. But listen, you need this blessing working in your life. Get it working. And if it's not working, find out why it's not working. Amen? Amen. Well, I'd invite you to stand up. Praise God. You did some really good receiving this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm not cursed. I'm not cursed. You're not cursed. I said, you're not cursed. Glory to God. You're blessed.